Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And that is launched out to deep left field. Big fly for Mike Trump. This is ground ball to second base. Red Heeple falls down, picks it up, fires the first. The Angels have no hit. The Seattle Mariners. It's gone. Big fly for Anthony Rendon. Hey guys, I'm Alex Curry. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. Brendan Marsh. This is Chris Rodriguez. You're listening to the All Angels Podcast. And welcome to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. Back in Halo Haven with, of course, the curator or the bleeder um, that happened this weekend. We can talk about that one later. But okay. Everything, anyway, everything, thank everything, you. Er, yeah, everything's nice all good now. Everything's all, everyone's healthy, which is not exactly what the Angels are right now, but yeah. still. Um, uh, had a great two game series up in Oakland, and that is something that has been too common for the Angels this season. Whether it's Oakland, whether it's Houston, whether it's Seattle, so it's basically the AL West minus Texas, mine, yeah, exactly. Okay. AL West minus Texas, you know, the teams that are like in the playoff run that you like should have to like be over 500 teams, yeah, over 500 teams. And I said this before, um. To some, you know, I think I said on the podcast or even probably on social media, the Angels right now are definitely the best worst team. Like you put them up against. Is there a price for that? <laughs> Do we get a trophy for being the best? You, worst you know team? what you get? You get a, uh, a pat on the back, a decade long of like low <laughs> teens, mid teens draft picks where it's like, uh, oh, we can see how this one pans out or see how that goes. Angels dang. did get ninth overall pick this oh, year, shucks. but. But you know they're aiming for like a 13th pick next year, so we'll see okay. how that right. how that plays out. But yeah, um, Angels again back up in Oakland Monday for a quick two game series before they go to Minnesota. So let's talk about those Monday games real quick. Um, obviously, they didn't finish the series like they wanted to against Seattle at Angel Stadium, dropping uh, two out of the three. So you have to at this point think we need to beat. Oakland, these two games are at the worst case scenario split split. Um, but that didn't happen, but it's not because of Otani. Otani took the mound on Monday um, up in Oakland. And again, he pitched or he hit as well, which is always kind of a question, especially now towards the later of the year. Like, do you keep them healthy? Do you kind of limit that a little bit to try to, because this team is going as, it seems like as far as he's going to take them. Do you try to save them a little bit now to have them back or have them, healthier at the back end or no i don't know i think where this team is right now you got to kind of go for broke and you're just like we're all in and we're all in on otani <laughs> because that's pretty much it i mean yeah i'm not trying to discount like your walsh's and fletcher's and stuff right. like that but it really is it's otani or bust right now so yeah. especially with trout being delayed right you know rendon, rendon just, who yeah. knows so yeah i mean it's it's, it's him or nothing so yeah, so yeah, throw him in center or whatever you got to do. Right field, exactly. About that. Yeah. Like, I don't know. So, yeah, Otani takes him out and has a really good game, probably one of his best games this season where he goes six innings, three hits, only one walk, which is always kind of the key stat for him. Yeah. Um, 8Ks, 96 pitches, so definitely got um, – Got high work- quick. Yeah, got a little workout again. His whole thing is when he's not work- or walking guys, it's – not being able to put guys away right away as far as like going deep counts, going deep counts full counts, two, two counts, you know, maybe having a guy O2 and letting him work back into a full count um, stuff that people do to, or pitchers do to, to limit their pitch counts. They get out of those innings quick, but either way, look at it, a really, really good outing goes six innings, almost a hundred pitches. Um, and it would be zero, zero all the way to the bottom of the seventh. Like I said, Otani gets taken out. He gets put in right field because his bat is due up fourth. And a 0-0 game, you figured, and kind of like what you were saying, you're going as far as he's going to take you. So you have to keep that bat in the lineup. You have to have him come through again just on the off case that he's all, he's you know up to bat with a guy on second or something like that. So he goes to right field. Steve Shishek comes in, 
And of course, he would what walk the first two batters, um, and then give up a home run to Rome uh, Liriano makes it three zero just like that. Yeah, Lariano's an angels killer, man. <clears throat> Before Lariano, we had Crush Davis always came through against again angels. with the Oakland. Yep, Oakland. You know, you have your Chapmans, your Olsons, always killing the Angels. But yeah, Lariano last few years has really hurt us. So you just knew it was going to get to that. Right off the bat, you're like, once uh, Otani was pulled, you're like, okay, uh, you're here we breath. go. You're holding your breath. Here that's we for go. Sure. Yeah, we can't go that deep into a game. Oh, oh, and uh, bring in the bullpen. Yeah, no which is, padding at all, straight right. up. So it's like you almost, you know, starting the game with the bullpen, and it it escalated quickly. It did very quickly, <laughs> and, and, the, and something that's been a problem with the bullpen, and is is inherited runners. Like obviously, you look at an inherited runner stat. These bullpen guys are giving up inherited runners, which you know people want to talk about. Well, about this guy's ERA and this and like that. It's like, well, those inherited runners don't go on their ERA if they score. Yeah. But yet the Angels bullpen is one of the worst when it comes to that stat. And and CJ coming in with this, you would think, all right, clean inning, nothing to worry about. There's no one on. Walks in first two guys, which is, you know, anyone that's ever played baseball or watched baseball is like a big no-no. Don't walk the leadoff yeah, guy. And don't trust your defense. Right. Put it in play. Like as, you know, with, uh, with Maryfield um, – but just don't throw that pitch you did to Lariano. Lariano, yeah. yeah, yeah. The the defense has gone better. You would have to, you know, you have like you said, you have to trust that. You know, yeah, you got to hit your spots. And if, if a ball goes to Otani and right, guess what? He's athletic enough to make. I mean, he can't be worse than some of the guys they put out there already. Oh yeah. So uh, you got to trust who's out there, definitely. So Matt Olson would add a solo home run, another angel killer, um, in the eighth inning, and you know that's what they would uh, end up. Having is four runs, uh, Angels would lose four to one in Oakland. I guess one of the bright spots um, of this game, obviously, was the very first professional hit of Angels' number one prospect, Brandon Marsh. There it is, Brandon Marsh's first major league base hit. Oh, look at that in the dugout! What a great feeling that is for Brandon, knowing what he's been through. That caveman hair all over the place. He's going to lose. A, I, I know when, when Fabian Ardio, uh was covering the Angels, he would have a Shohei Otani counter for every time he swung in the in the hat and the helmet, the fell, the helmet fell off. <laughs> I got a feeling every single time Brandon runs the bases, we're going to need a helmet counter for any time that thing comes off because <laughs> I can't see that thing um, staying. Possible off. giveaway? Yeah, right. Uh, just Just the helmet, though. Oh, just just oh. a just a helmet that helmet thing. with uh, faux hair, faux hair yeah. and a counter. Exactly, yeah. So that's good boy. There you go, boom. Chris in charge of promotions. Yeah, you're welcome. Exactly. So um, that was his first hit of the game. That was his first at bat of the game. So gets it out of the way. And as you people have seen it, whether it's like a certain milestone, whether it's like a certain home run, whether it's a certain hit, whether it's if you don't get it right away, it seems to kind of linger and can be an issue as far as like trying too hard. For to get that whatever it is milestone, so uh, rally monkey on your back. Yeah, yeah, you can say that so to speak. Exactly. So uh, for him to get it done in the second game of his career, yeah, I mean, the, the is, previous game which you were at, yeah, and I'm sure you already covered. Um, I, what do you go over? He went over over four with a strikeout. Yeah, over four, and guess what? It's your first game. Who cares? Right, right. You you don't have those guys that hit the home run their first at bat, first pitch. Right, it's a great story, like, but yeah. how often does that happen? Yeah, and then do they maintain a long career? Right, may or may not. Right. So, uh, but to get that off, I'm sure he. He's a very just like you know. It doesn't seem like he was too worried about it. No, he's a very chill dude. Um, not not wor- he knew it was going to come, and oh, Angels yeah. knew it was going to come, and he was just happy to get his feet wet on on that uh on, Sunday game. Yeah, but saying that Sunday right? game, like he was just happy to be there, right? And, and that Sunday game too. Like if you watch like the pregame and you and you look at all that stuff, like you know, talking to his mom on Sunday, like they found out his he she did. 12 noon on Saturday. So I'm guessing Brandon probably found out probably not too much before that. So now you're thinking, okay, where do I go? To, I got to get a plane ticket or here's my plane ticket. I got to, you know, pack. I got to do this. I got to do that. Okay. I fly into Anaheim. Okay. Now I'm kind of psyched up probably the night before. Maybe didn't sleep well. Who's going to take care of my dog. Right. Yeah, exactly. All, that, all that stuff. Whoever his AAA roommate is, I guess. Yeah. But, um, but then you get to the stadium and then you saw the the media and then just like him doing like little interviews with with valleys and stuff like that. So and then you got to play. And then you got to play exactly. And who knows what kind of mindset he was in. And even talking to him after the game, 
he was just so focused on everything. Like, and, and he even said it to, to us. He was like, yeah, it's now sinking in. Yeah. You it, know, like there, there are a few days in your life that oh, are just definitely. like that, where it's just like such a blur. And I'm sure, oh, you, I'm sure you'll it's like agree. That. It's like your wedding day. Yeah. And I don't know what else. I mean, if but I was a major league player, major league debut. <laughs> yeah, but, if I ever, ever, yeah. I don't know that. <laughs> Very few of us will get to uh, to do that. Uh, but no, yeah, that. and it's and it's funny. But I think that's what it was. It was just oh, like oh, total interview, work. interview, and then he was up there swinging. Oh, I got to warm up and get ready to go. Yeah, so he settled in this, you know, this game, and uh, exactly it was cool yeah. to see him out there. Yeah, and even like um, I can't remember if it was his agent or, or one of the, a family friend we were talking. He's like, oh, as soon as he, as soon as they get into Oakland, because this is Sunday. He's like, oh yeah, as soon as they land up in Oakland, because they were leaving right after the game. As soon as he get up there, he's gonna pass out, and, and he's he's gonna be because he's so you know how you how are you not worn out by all yeah. that excitement like and then higher. yeah, and then two just to see and and Gooby kind of alluded to it a little bit in that clip as far as his backstory and. Was he's gone through the last you know six months losing his dad yeah. and um, you know at the end of spring training beginning of like that like minor league spring training and then a month later losing a really close friend one of his best friends you know all that within a month um, and he like I said when we talked to him and his mom and his sister were there um, like they that's when he hit that hit him like all this with all this work and those people couldn't be there to see him and yeah and it hit him like you, it, it was felt it felt weird but it felt. Um, oddly like special in a way to like you can see these three individuals you know brandon's mom brandon's sister and and brandon himself they kind of all break down and have this moment together as we're kind of just standing back and watching it and it just you know (laughs) one of his buddies is like oh all right no one lose it no one lose it and like because you know we were there and everyone there close to him knew the story knew what had happened and all that stuff so it was definitely a really special moment to see them um sunday after the game and i was just fortunate to um, to talk to him or, or, or you know, uh, luckily, lucky for us, we've had, you know, uh, Sonia Marsh, Brandon's mom on the podcast. We had it on a couple of years ago for mother's day. Uh, we've, t- I've talked to Aaron a number of times on th- social media, stuff like that. And they were super generous with me as far as like, Oh yeah, here, come sit with us kind of deal during the game. And then obviously when we went down to the ballpark or down to the uh, field at the end of the game, and you obviously you've been to Angel Stadium, and I'm sure a lot of people that are watching or listening have been to the stadium. But you know, I that have been to Angel Stadium. stadium. So I can confirm, confirm that. There you go. Okay, so you know you. that little area and uh, next to the uh, field where it's like those, those fancy seats, and it's like a little. You have your regular seats, and then it kind of cuts out a little bit, like a yeah, square. they're like padded, padded. Yeah. yeah so like that's bigger. where. Yeah. So yeah, more more, more <laughs> like elbow space. Boy. Exactly. Yeah. So um, that's where we were, and that's where they kind of cut the people out, so no one can go else and can go in there. So obviously, it was just family. Um, and friends in there. So I got to go in there and take a photo with him. And, and again, wow. um, big time. Yeah. You know, it's good to know the family, I guess. I don't know. But the funny part too, is like, again, they're having this moment. I'm like, all right, I got my photo with Brandon. I'm a bounce. Cause I don't Thanks want for the invite, by the way, dude. I, uh, so I get a text from, from a buddy who knows that I'm cool with Brandon and says, Hey, is all this tr- uh, Twitter rumors and all that stuff true about Brandon being called up. And, um, I, you know, and, I was like, I don't know. Like, literally, that that woke me up. So I was like, well, let me find out. So I ended up texting some people. They didn't get an answer back right away. I ended up texting a, a guy I know in Salt Lake on the bees. And he's like, yeah, he got called up yesterday. So I'm like, oh, crap. And this is at, I don't know, like 11 o'clock. No, like 1030. So I literally get up, get changed, tell my wife I'm leaving to the ballpark, and I bounce. And I bought the cheap. I went to go put gas in the car. And while I'm putting gas in the car, bought the cheapest ticket I could find and, and just to get to the ballpark and stuff like that. So it literally all happened in... Uh, like a 45 minute span to where like I found out, got dressed, got changed, got all that stuff and, and, and ran out the door. But um, yeah, definitely something I, I will remember for a long time. Just, you know, who else can say they were there and got to see him and stuff like that. And, you know, there's a photo out there roaming around. I got to try to get a copy of it with me and the group that went to go see him with Brandon after the game. Cause uh, his buddy wanted a photo with everyone that came to watch. And I was like, I was trying to bounce. Like I got my photo. Like I don't, He's like, no, stay. We want to. I'm on a photo. I was like, all right, cool. So we got one of those floating around. Hopefully, I get it. Uh, hopefully, I get it pretty soon. Stuff like that. I can throw it up there. But uh, Brandon wasn't done that game on Monday. No, he got his second hit in the seventh inning, and then when he came up again in the ninth inning, he was responsible for the only RBI of the game. Two one pitch. A shot up the line. A three hit night for Brandon Marsh. 
Goslin wheeling around to score, and the Angels are on the board with one out in the ninth. So not only does he get his first hit, not only does he get his first multi-hit game, gets his first game, gets his first double, first extra base hit with his first RBI all in one game. So a pretty good, pretty good game, I would say, for Brandon Marsh. But like I said, that was the only RBI the Angels were able to get across the board. Angels lose four to one up in Oakland and totally wasted an opportunity to take a game from them with a great outing by Shohei Otani on the mound. And it's just, uh, that was frustrating. Yeah, uh, it was wasted. And then I don't know if you saw the, the post-game comments from Shohei. Where he took credit. Oh, he took the, blame. Uh, the blame. For the yeah, like, I got to do more. It's like, what 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 else could you, uh, besides pitching? You should nine, hit a, like, a five-run homer. I was going to say, besides pitching, yeah. like, nine innings and hitting, like, Four jacks. Like, yeah. what else could you, you know, have done? I think it's cultural. Oh, definitely, it's, uh, dude. It's something it's that you don't see here every day. And people just don't have that. So, yeah, it was definitely uh, interesting to see how how he took uh-huh. that. But um, obviously, uh, they had to play Tuesday. Tuesday was an afternoon game. Uh, Jose Suarez took the mound. Another young guy that we've talked about before, and hopefully, his maturing as a you know, a starting pitcher can be a good sign for this team going to the future. And that's exactly what happened in this game when he retired the first 11 batters of the game um, that afternoon. The first hit he would give up was to Matt Olson in the fourth inning, of course, and that made it a 1-0 game solo shot. Uh, in the sixth inning, Jose would be in a little bit of trouble when he left two guys on on base. We got – he, yeah, he looked at the first two guys on base – one was a hit, I believe. One was a hit, hit batsman. Um, then they end up walk, uh, their sacrifice bunt, intentionally walk Matt Olson. So now you're looking at bases loaded, one out, gives up a sack fly. So now the score is two zero, and that made it two outs, men at the corners, and he gets pulled, which was very confusing to me because at this point too well you don't you think it's still doable it's still yeah. you're still able to come back from that um uh, but they pull jose after five and two thirds with only 73 pitches it wasn't like his like otani because otani no. went six inning or six innings and threw like 96 pitches he's you know one out away from that and he's about like 20 pitches less efficient 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 and i guess i don't know if madden thought it was third time through the lineup kind of stuff but I mean, you kind of have to let him try to get out of that and make it a kind of a teaching point, you would think. I mean, I guess if you already know, like, I don't want to say you're conceding the loss, right? You already know that you're probably not going to pull this one off. So just let the guy, yeah. Well, not only that, though, it's like if you if you have a bullpen that has been lights out, cool. Yeah. But you have the bullpen you'd have, and, yeah, maybe Jose gives up a hit. Yeah, Jose maybe gives up, a, you know, a double or whatever. But you can say that about anybody in that bullpen, and it'd be pretty <clears throat> close yeah. to being true. And I think the only thing, the only reason why you would take somebody out with you know mid seventies pitches is that they're coming off an injury, mm-hmm. they're hurting, right? Whatever it may be. But this guy's young, yeah, <laughs> super exactly. young. And like I mentioned, seventy three pitches, so it's not like he's at we the have 95. high school kids that could throw, you know, at least put out a hundred if right. you allow them to. Um, so I don't, I don't think it's like a matter of that. And the game was in a, you know, bl- a total blowout at that point. You have, you have to let these young pitchers, especially work if- through their troubles. And that's the only way that they're going to progress and mm-hmm. develop or whatever it's going to be. If you look at all the greats, it's not like they didn't have adversity at some point. Well, yeah. And if they never get out of adversity or get the point, like you're trying to, you know, kid glove them the whole time. It's not going to help. Like, it's never going to help. Right. And then you're going to lose the game anyway. So it's all for nothing. For what? Yeah, he, grow. he felt. I, I felt so bad for Jose, and even too is to a point where, okay, those first two runs, yeah, you can give it to him definitely the, the solo shot and then the um, the sack five. But then, like I mentioned, he gets taken out. Um, uh, I forgot who came in. Um, uh, who let me see? Oh, Myers came in after Suarez gives us a double. So now look at it, it's four zero anyway. So the worst case scenario was pretty much what happened. And what sucks for, for Suarez is that those last two runs where he could have very easily gotten out of it with, again, two outs. You're not trying to get a double play. You're not trying to do any of that. Simple pop fly to center field or simple grounder to wherever is going to get you out of that inning. you know. But now those last two runs, and we're talking about before the podcast, like that kind of sucks because now you look at his line, it's five and two-thirds, three hits, four runs, one walk, four Ks. And it's like 
truthfully, it seems like only two of those should really be yeah. attributed to him. But it's just, you know, the way that pitching goes. And then if you look at Myers' line, it's a third of an inning, one hit, no runs, a strikeout. Baller. Yeah. Oh, Lord is ERA. Oh, God. But not to mention the two that he just gave up. Again, inherited runners have been a huge, um, huge issue with uh, the bullpen. And again, starting pitching has not been bad. They put up a, a, a graphic. Um, or they talked about it during the broadcast where starters ERA in the month of July is like sub three, but yet the bullpen guys are like above eight. You know what I mean? So it's like you can have all the great outings you want. And the, this, and that's, I guess that's the frustrating part too with this is that you had two legit outings by your starters in this series that made the games very winnable. But because of the bullpen and, you know, obviously to the well, lack the of offense, the lack, lack of offense, offense but. Yeah, so bullpen comes in, shuts them down, but you got to put out some runs, man. But like, you look you at it depend th- on a Brandon Marsh for a one RBI. You no, still but lose. It's different though. I like those happen. Those games happen where the offense doesn't come, especially when your offense. I think it's overperforming what people thought. Like you look at a lot of the key stats. The Angels' offense is like in top five in a lot of those stats, seventh in some of them. So it's not like they're a bad offense. It's like no, this is a good offense, and good offense have bad days. Like that just happens, but. The bull, what's your, you can't say bullpen's having a bad day. He's like, no, they're bad. Look at their stats for the whole year. They're they're bad. Where the offense, you can be like, well, this is a bad day because you look at their stats. Yeah, they're, you're they're also missing pass. arguably like the two two of the top ten players in baseball. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, you can make a case for Downs in the top ten players in baseball right now. So to have to have that absence and still compete and have a you know relatively high offense, I mean, that's Otani and in. Walsh contributing. Yeah, so they would end up losing the game 6-0. But like I said, unfortunately, Suarez's line is not great, and they get swept by Oakland up in Oakland. Um, Johnny B. Good on our YouTube says, don't know why Heaney, Gara, and Myers are still on the team and why they haven't traded for a starting pitcher already. There, that's that's really all we need. Bring up Detmers, Rodriguez, and why not Bachman? Bachman being the new... Um, the new uh, free uh, drafty who literally, literally just signed today. That's signed why today. That's why he's not getting brought up. He literally signed today, and he's on his way to Arizona. Like, no, but he signed today. He though. signed today. He could be ready right now. No, he should. He <laughs> we he just got paid three point nine million dollars. Oh yeah, we got him for a deal. Oh, <laughs> below slot. Yeah, below but slot. um, again, Heaney is up and down. Gara and Myers, I understand they've been struggling, but we had Red Bollinger on last week or last podcast on Sunday, and one of the reasons why they don't get rid of some of these guys is that honestly, they don't have anyone else to get brought up. Better option. You don't have a better option. Yeah, you can bring in Chris Rodriguez. Yeah, you can bring up Detmers, but are they going to be better? Just because they've been killing it in Double A doesn't mean that it translates to Major League Baseball. I mean, in Double A, you can have two good pitches and and be and be fine. In Major League Baseball, if you're going to be a starter, maybe not so much a reliever, but a starter, you need three, maybe four legit no. pitches to be a starter in the major in the major leagues. Now, bullpen wise, we'll see what happens. Chris came up; he did great at the beginning, got some struggles. Now, you know, I th- I think Chris got brought up at the beginning of the season because he did have the hot hand coming out of spring training, and you don't. Did, you know, extinguish that hot hand by sending him down that early, but it did kind of run its course. He did cool down. I think more importantly, batters got a playbook on him, yeah. and now he's able to adjust down there. Detmers again strikes out a ton of people, but if you want to actually look at certain numbers in that double A team, the Trash Pandas, he's okay compared to some like there's like two other guys in that in that rotation for the Trash Pandas that are just as good as Detmers or better in a lot of stats, and it's just. Demers has a sexy name, and it's I understand it. A, yeah, I but doubt, I mean, I I seriously doubt that he is the answer to a lot of. Uh, I do agree with Gara, though. Yeah, but yeah. again, Gara Myers, you know, the hardest thing to to scout, and I've talked to people about it. The hardest thing to scout is relief pitchers because look at Myers last year; he was lights True. out. The only the only person that we kept, yeah, the only was, person that we resigned was because Myers crushed it. Oh, definitely, and, and it was. And he's also shown signs of brilliance. Like I've seen Myers go out there and just completely shut it down. But then we've also seen the, the flip side. And and, and honestly, and the bad part about about this season is that we've seen more of the flip side yeah. of Myers in the side of from last year. But that's a, that's what I was saying. Though it's so hard to scout 
uh, relievers because the high velocity, high stress, like they're going 100 miles per hour, maybe not throwing the ball, but like as far as effort wise, all the time. And you just never know. There are only a few, a handful of relievers. You look back over the last 20 years that have ever had consistency. And you're talking about the Mariano Rivera's. You're talking about like a Craig Kimbrell. These guys will come in and they'll come in hot for one year and have the best shutdown year you've ever seen. We got Blake Parker. From the Yankees out of nowhere had a, a great year. Amazing yeah. season. And then two years later, I can't find a job. I don't even know where he's at right I don't now. Even, I don't he's even in think. an RV, Blake RV Parker. Right? Yeah, he so was. It's just, it's just the nature of the beast when it comes to relief pitchers. They're a different kind of person. Right. I, I mean, so. uh, and then Johnny said on here, couldn't do any worse than these uh, than this three to bring up. You could do worse. You could actually really jack up their confidence and jack up their kind of mental state. I'm like, I don't know if these guys are mentally weak or mentally strong. Like, I'm not trying to say any of that stuff, but you just don't know. Confidence can play a huge part in this, and then they overcompensate for something. Now their mechanics is jacked up. Now they're getting hurt. It, it, there is a slippery slope with that. It could be for nothing. It could be, you know, whatever. But you really got to watch that. And two – if this season is going to be a wash, it's talking about you're talking about service time too. Bingo. Why start the clock on guys like Detmers and and uh, Backman if you don't need to? And now you can put them out next year and have an extra year of control on them. It's like, and it's very, very rare to bring somebody you sign up in like in, right. in the spring, mid year, June, you know, June, July, right. and have them for a it, September it, call up. Right. Like it, it has happened. Of course it's it rare, has, but it's rare. And you got to be in playoff contention That's, to even entertain yeah. something like that. Like I saw it on the Royals. There's a guy who's he's fresh off the, uh, you know, college world series, right. Killing it, crushing it. Right. Uh, Royals brought him up when they had that world series run. But well, because they had a World Series run, run, and they needed some depth. Right. So I can see that, the but depth, you just can't. Depth makes, it, makes yeah. sense, yeah. but the answer to your to the questions Angel's bullpen has, that's not it. Like like you mentioned, he's a great piece, but he can't be the the, the fix-it. He can't be right. the, the thing that, that brings everything together. He has to be like an add-on to something that's already good. Yeah. And I think that's the issue with the Angel's bullpen. It's like, yeah, you can add these pieces. And we'll talk about the trade deadline in a little bit. But, yeah, so um, – Bullpen strikes again. Bullpen struggles again. Angels drop two of uh, two of two. I don't even say two or three. Two of two. A quick two game series. Day off today. We are recording this Wednesday, and they're back at Minnesota on Thursday to Sunday. And we'll talk about the remaining schedule and the Minnesota starters after this. We're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna do the Curators Chronicles. I want to talk about Spotify Green Room. Spotify Greenroom is a live, audio-only sports talk platform, which is free to download and free to use. You can talk to other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. All you need to do is download the Spotify Greenroom app free in the iOS or Android app store. Create a profile, link it to your Twitter, and join. That's it. It's that easy. So go ahead and check out Spotify Green Room. You work hard and you play hard. So treat yourself and stock up for summer barbecues with Kansas City Steak Company. Visit KansasCitySteak.com and get 10% off your order and free shipping with code SD at checkout. From classic steak cuts to USDA Prime to American-style Kobe, hard-to-find specialty cuts, and more, Kansas City Steaks has everything you need to fire up the grill. They make it super easy. Each order from Kansas City Steaks is flash frozen and delivered directly to your home. Satisfaction is guaranteed or your money back. Imagine relaxing in the backyard with family while enjoying steakhouse-quality meals from Kansas City Steaks. Try their butter tender filet mignon, Kansas City strip, juicy steak burgers, all beef jumbo hot dogs, and even a complete meal combos. Bring the steakhouse to your home this summer with Kansas City Steaks. Go to KansasCitySteaks.com and get 10% off your order and free shipping with code SD. That's KansasCitySteaks.com, promo code SD. Again, that's KansasCitySteaks.com, promo code SD. Beautiful 
It's a beautifully hot day for a ball game if we had one here, right? Scorching, yep. scorching degrees as always in the Inland Empire. But if you're out there towards Anaheim, you're getting that anything marine on, layer. Anything on the beach? Oh yeah, it's feeling pretty good out there. Um, always sucks when we have an off day, but it's kind of nice. It's boring. It's like, what do I do? Well, I felt like that way last night. That's what we're doing. That's why we're having a podcast. I even tweeted it out yesterday on our on our Twitter, Halo underscore Haven. Like, is anyone else bored here? Like, it's it's the Tuesday night. And Anybody want to talk? Right, exactly. Hit me up on the show, and it'll be the show. Let's play Diamond Dynasty. <laughs> Slide into my DMs. No, I don't want all that. Oh, actually. wow. Okay. That's going to go too far. Anyways. <laughs> anyway, back to back. A uh, beautiful day for a ball game. And um, today we have a piece of memorabilia from one of my favorite angels, somebody I've never met, never saw play. Uh, but he is incredibly... Um, um, part of no, this, no. part of this uh, franchise from the um, from the beginning, and his name is Albie Pearson, known as the littlest angel. Did not know that. How tall? Nickname? Was he little and like little, like size or like height or like size? Okay, what was he like a buck twenty five or something? Like how big like was he? Height. Okay, what was he like five six five five. Ah, damn. So uh, think about being a major leaguer, uh, stature at 5'5". Five, five. If you look at his Wikipedia page, there's a section called stature. <laughs> and so if you were him, you probably would, you know, it's not like a great thing. Like, oh, he's a small guy. But think of somebody that size being effective at the Altuve major league level. Altuve. Um, yeah, it's like an Altuve, right? So um, he was a former uh, American League or uh, – he was a rookie of the year for the Washington Senators. The Angels picked him up in the expansion draft when he became a franchise. And the and the cool thing is, is he's from Riverside. Oh, didn't Riverside know that. Connection. Uh, he was a godly man, um, and he had a solid MLB career. But today we present you with the game used. This game used, people. Uh, Albie Pearson bat. Not like that Otani jersey that got no. sold for like. $100 billion that yeah, was assigned. Yeah, this is game use. Albie Pearson bat. It's an Adirondack. It's been confirmed that it's a game use bat. I was able to pick it up on eBay a few years ago. I'm always uh, support people that are from Riverside, being that's where we're at. That's where we're broadcasting out of. And then also somebody like that's the underdog. So he fits into that Eckstein mold. He fits into the Fletcher mold. Yeah. Uh, the Sean Figgins. A guy with has some surprising pop, but he was also part of that Los Angeles Angels team uh, in 61 that was still playing at Dodger Stadium. Or no, Chavez no, Ravine. Wrigley Field, then it's Dodger Chavez Stadium Ravine. at Chavez Ravine. And he, there's pictures with him walking out with Marilyn Monroe. And so it was kind of like the glory days, the heyday of like the, you know, mid century, mid modern century stuff. So uh, a pretty cool guy still alive. He was supposed to do an actually uh, Halo um, day at the 66ers really years ago, but his wife was in poor health. He actually runs a, a camp or retreat center for, um, for boys that need some direction that have gotten okay. into some trouble. So some pretty cool stuff. He has like an album out. So there's all sorts of crazy things uh, associated with Albie Pearson, but um, definitely one of my favorite angels, somebody I've never got to see or watch, but uh, still have, no, and that's cool too. Like I didn't know the whole Riverside connection. And you're right. Yeah. Um, you start looking at someone sent me a photo today of uh, Jesse Chavez with the Braves, actually doing pretty pretty well over there. Another okay uh, was it R- cool uh, RCC, RCC, and then he also played at uh, over in Fontana. Yeah, I think with AB Miller, AB Miller, or Eisenhower. Yeah, one of the two, it was yeah. when I was in high school. We right. actually played him. But yeah, another local guy that at least spent time here. You got a couple yeah. of those that you know around around the majors and stuff like that. So that's a lot of cool. angels are uh, Riverside guys. Really, we got like a Percival connection. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah, um, that's true. Troy Gloss was out of Norco at some point. He resided there. Oh. Uh, Greg Myers, so Daryl Miller. Well, IE baseball a lot of man, angels man. IE baseball is the real deal. There you go. So uh, something else that kind of fits with the throwback. Um, this is going to be a way way throwback, but. Obviously, the SoCal Vintage League got it going this week for the first time in, what, uh, like 18 months or something like that, 19 months? Yeah, so if you've been following the podcast, you know that John and I were on the 
uh, Riverside Smudge Pots, which we play 1886 baseball. We wear wool uniforms. Actually, kind of like what I'm wearing right too now. Too damn hot for that. Uh, super too hot 1886 hot rules. So playing baseball the way it's supposed to so, be played. So real quick, give us like the top three rules difference you think between what fans who watch baseball now see and rules that were uh, enforced back then. Yeah, it's actually uh, pretty similar to the modern game. So, like, I would like to say there's a ton of differences, but it's uh, if you get hit by a pitch, like, which Chris if knows, you get hit in the knows. nose, like I did Bleeder. the other day, right, and bleed out. You don't get your base. You just, <laughs> it counts as a ball, ball, right? So, seven balls to a walk. Um, foul, you know, foul tips do not count. A strike. It's a strike. So if you're a pitcher, that's very frustrating. But you also have the ball side, you know, right? Yeah. So you, you get that. Uh, you play with minimal gloves. So it's kind of like a gardening glove. With you're padding. Gonna, a little bit you're of You're going to pull some weeds, you know, in your yeah. front yard. You're using that. No webbing. So Yeah, no webbing. And then you're also playing with a uh, – you're hitting with the bat. That's forty plus ounces. Like we have a bat that's forty five ounces, and as so thirty five inches. So minimum. to have to have that as a reference point to what some of these major leaguers are playing now are playing with now. Yeah, would be what? What are major leaguers playing with? I mean, they're probably like swinging a thirty three, thirty four. No, and like it's probably pretty even, like a thirty yeah. thirty two ounces, right. thirty three ounces. So you're talking about ten ounce difference. Yeah. So trying to get that speed, you know, trying to get that, you know, that whip. whip. It's right. not working trying very to get well. that exit velo off the bat. There you go. Chris it's kind of tough. Work. In the you play with one ball the whole game, so it's try at least. worn down. And, you know, it starts getting a little squishier and stuff like that. Dead so. ball, dead ball error. So yeah, so Riverside Smudge Pots uh, after Add week Riverside after, Smudge Pots. Yeah, there you go. Check it out. After week one, you guys are one to know. There you go. So we'll keep this little update as we as the season keeps on going. Uh, Chris obviously is the manager, so if there is any bad bullpen decisions, you, we can go straight to the source and have our little yeah, um, we're solid press man. conference here and say why did you take a guy out with uh, two outs and guys at the corners and yeah. give up, let the next guy give up a double. Yeah, we'll go straight to Chris. Yeah. He'll be the answer. Don't be Madden. Don't be Madden. That's 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 it. That's what it says on the shirt underneath his jersey. Don't be Madden. So that wraps it up for another edition of the Curators Chronicles. So, like I mentioned, the Angels are up in Minnesota. Going to start a four-game series starting Thursday. Pitching matchups have been announced, or the majority of the pitching matchups have been announced. We have Thursday night, 5 o'clock local time here in in Riverside. Um, Heaney versus Maida. So, one of their better pitchers. Kinta Maida? Yep. The oh, ex-Dodger. I remember that guy. Yeah, ex-Dodger. Yeah. Um, Friday, again, another 5 o'clock start. Cobb versus Hap. So okay. you, you kind of hope – you kind of think Cobb is, has an advantage there. Uh, Saturday would be Sandoval versus uh, Barrios. Barrios. Okay. They're, I think that's probably their best pitcher. That's going to be – Do we a, see Irvin Santana in the series? No, we do not, unless it's out of the bullpen. Okay. So I think that's when the last time they played – the twins, he did come out of the bullpen. So okay. I think that's where he's at right now. Um, that Saturday game is going to be a 4 o'clock start. Sunday game is going to be 11 o'clock. Um, it is TBD for the Angels against uh, Ober. I think is a new guy. I think he only had like three or four starts. Okay. So he's a new guy. But TBD means um, this would be canning spot if he was healthy and with the team. So it's going to be really interesting to see what they do with this spot in the rotation. They didn't need a six starter for the longest time because of – uh, they had a, a the day All-Star off. Break. They had a day off before the All Star break, yeah. and then they had the break, and then they have this day yeah. um, off. So now that six starters coming back around, and now you're going to have to need one on Sunday. And I don't know. Will be. I mean, you can. <laughs> I'm going to say a bullpen game. That's going to be bad if they do that. <laughs> that would be bad. <laughs> well, yeah, that would be just a well. It's Ooh. over. Okay, should we watch this game yeah, or not? Let's get that one over. So uh, we'll see if they do in house. If they do. Have I mean they do have Bundy and Quintana in the bullpen who are capable of at least going out there and giving it the old college try. Don't know necessarily if they're going to want to, if they're going to want to call someone up um, to to try to pitch that game. Uh, Berea is a guy that comes to mind yeah. first. Mm-hmm. Uh, another young guy you want to see kind of maybe take the reins a little bit and get an opportunity. But um, other than that, yeah, you don't. I don't know who else would be in that. That spot for the six six starter, if it's not 
going to be canning because of the injury. So that's something really to kind of pay attention to this weekend, Sunday. Who's going to be that starter? And is it in-house? Did they go bring in another guy? At that point, you're going to be a week away from the trade deadline. So do they bring someone up for the trade deadline? Like it's going to be. It's kind of crazy to think that you're in this situation, like at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. and you're questioning whether I pitch Bundy, Bundy. on as a six starter against the Twins. Right. Where that's before, pretty sad. Before the season, oh Bundy, Cy, opening Cy Bundy, opening day, all over Twitter, Cy yeah. Bundy. Just kind of crazy how far <laughs> how far he's fallen from grace. Yeah, for sure. so that's something to look out for. Um, a little while ago, earlier this week, on our Instagram, Halo underscore Haven, I did put out question format to see if some people wanted to ask questions. So um, first question up I got uh, from DJ Heaven 80 uh, Buyers slash sellers says the common question. Yes, the common question. Uh, buyers or sellers, Chris, what do you think the Angels should do? Again, um, we are recording this Wednesday, so we're about, what, 10 days away, um, nine days away, I can't do math, from the trade deadline. So it is coming fast. It is coming quick. Uh, right now, where do you see the Angels being buyers or well, we sellers? We know Perry Manassian, GM, does not like the terminology buyers or sellers, right? <laughs> it's been very well established. Well documented. Okay, so <laughs> – um, I think we're sellers, and I hate to say that. It pains me to say that. I want to say we're in it to the end and all that stuff. But then who are we selling? Like who has value? The only ones that, that people can... that we are not like, you know, guys Iglesias, that we're holding on to. Russell Iglesias has value. Cobb has value. But outside of that, there's not a ton if you're going to go from like the starters, the guys that are playing Major League now. Um Maybe Jose Iglesias, but again, he's been kind of up and down, so I'm not sure even sure about that. But I think obviously the top two names you're looking at are going to be Rossell Iglesias and Cobb because they're honestly they're going to be free agents at the end of the year, and there's no guarantee they're going to come back. Yeah, and where I was talking, um, for who I was talking to about this, and I said Rossell is probably going to be your biggest because every team, it doesn't matter if their team has a you know closer every team around playoff time is looking for a solid bullpen piece and make yeah. it even better um and rosell can do that he can go two innings to save you a game we've seen that number of times but you know yeah you would kind of want to hold on to him but still at the same time if he's gonna be a free agent at the end of the year you can pull like a chapman thing let him go to a contender that maybe on the way out you say hey we really want to bring you back in the offseason just yeah. give us give us give us some time yeah and see what happens and maybe you get again like the yankees where um, they let him go. Get uh, Andujar, I believe, was the trade piece in that tr- the main guy in that trade, and then he just comes back the next season. Don't know if that's going to happen. Don't know if the Angels want that to happen. But with guys like that, and same thing with Cobb, maybe you just say, "Hey, where do you want to go? Do you want to be part of a contender? We could try to get you there, and then help us out next year and just listen to us, kind of deal." Yeah, I don't think most teams are really interested in position players at this point. Um, when you get deep into the playoffs, you want you want pitching. you want some pitching, pitching, right? pitching, you want some pitching, depth, and unless you have like a big injury, like right? You have like yeah. oh, like your your main stud just got injured, right? Exactly. Yep. So I got to bring somebody in to fill that deficit. But beyond that, you want pitching, and um, I don't know, but you we don't, we don't, we don't have a lot. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. And we want to keep what we have, unless, like you said. You know, they're a free agent at the end yeah. of the year. So, like, obviously, you're not going to trade Walsh. You're not going to trade Fletcher. You're not going to trade Rendon. He's injured. I don't, no one's going to take him. Upton, again, no one's going to take him. That contract is too heavy, and he's still unproven coming back from, you know, granted, he did hit. He did rehab start on Monday out on Salt Lake. Hits a home run on his first pitch he sees leading off. But then after that, uh, I think they're playing today, so I don't know what they did in today, Wednesday. Oh, no, they're off today. But after that, he's, like, oh for his next – Six, I believe. Okay. So again, not great, but it's a rehab start. There's a lot of stuff work being worked out during a rehab start that um, you just don't know. But again, no one's going to trade for him. I think not with that contract. You're going to have to throw throw on there a a good minor league player, kind of like what they had to do with um, uh, Will Wilson, the first the, yeah. old, the first round pick of, of uh, Cor. Cozart uh, to San Francisco. Cozart. Cozart. Cozart, whatever. He wasn't even here that long. Nobody yeah, cares. you're going to do something like that, and I don't know if the Angels can't afford to give up that kind of a depth. So Upton stays. Trout obviously obviously stays. Um, Brandon and Joe are the biggest question marks, but I don't know 
if you trade those guys away when they're both, you know, under control for the next six years. That that's a lot of control to yeah. give away. And I think if you trade one of those guys for Bull, for, for, for bullpen help, like, so like, that's like yeah, over, so that's have, overdoing it. Yeah, and so like you have the opportunity to get like a Scherzer right now. Do you trade a Adele Marsh? And they're gonna want more than just. I don't. Just I think be- they're gonna want more, like, and then your top dude. I don't just because, and we kind of mentioned it earlier. Starting pitching hasn't been terrible. Yeah, you can upgrade it. Yeah, you can obviously make it better, but until you fix that bullpen. Unless every single one of those guys is going to go nine or nine or eight innings, it's not going to matter. Yeah, because we saw it right with right. with Otani. Otani goes Flores. deep. Yeah, like that's a quality start, right? Right. And so then you get that, and then you just blow it. So. And, then, and even with the bullpen too, it's like you add pieces at the trade deadline. You don't do a full rebuild at the trade deadline. Yeah. You know what I mean? So unfortunately, I think if the bullpen was a fraction better. And like maybe you have like two or three guys you can really depend on, and the rest are just kind of like eh. But you don't even have that. You have one one legit guy you can count on, Russell. Everyone else is like, all right, well, let's roll the dice and see what happens. But yeah, you, you, there's no way you can do a full rebuild of a trade deadline at the trade deadline, like of the bullpen, I, unless Perry pulls some magic out of his out of his ass. I, I have no idea how that will work. But yeah, I definitely think Angels are going to be sellers, which is unfortunate because I know Angel fans are tired of it, but um, you definitely do feel a little more comfortable with the fact that, you know, you have, you have pieces there. I think this is the first time in a while you feel like you have pieces, whether it be the development of Walsh, the development of Fletcher. Um, obviously with Brandon, it's still pretty early, but you like what you've seen for, for the, oh, yeah. the small sample size. Um, Trout's going to Trout. Um, you know, shortstop is going to be a question mark. Catcher is going to be a question mark. Third base until Rendon shows that he can be healthy for a long period of time is going to be a question mark. But you're seeing good things out of Suarez. You're seeing good things out of Sandoval. You're seeing good things out of Otani again on the mound. You're seeing good things um, out of some of those young guys. So at least there's something positive where I think in years past, you're, you're still kind of scratching your head. What did they have to build on? Uh, so next question is going to be from T underscore uh, Goldberg. Does Joe Adele get the call up when uh, this year with Marsh already up? That really surprised me that Brandon got the call up over Joe. Over Joe, I thought. And that. when we talked to uh, Rhett about it, he says strictly defense. And if you've been following Brandon um, at all in his last, you know, four years, he's always been a plus plus defender compared yep. to all any of the any of the outfielders in the system the Angels have. So um, that's not surprising that if they're going to target defense. He would be the first guy. Now, for Joe to become up this year, I think Upton needs to struggle. I think Upton needs to maybe not stay healthy to have that opportunity. But I just, at this point, I don't know. I don't know what they would do when Upton, Trout come back, and then obviously Walsh, you have Eaton now, Lagaris, Ward will kind of can find a way somewhere in there. So I guess my question for you is: Did Brandon Marsh usurp Joe Ode- Joe Adele? Is your top your top guy in the you know in the minors? It seems like it. It seems like obviously Joe's killing it offensively. Joe's killing it home run wise and power. And but that's kind of what if you follow these guys long enough back and not just within the last year, you saw that through the development through the farm systems. Like you know, people ask me who's going to have a better career. I think they'll both have good careers. I think they're going to be totally different careers like Joe Adele could be a guy that hits you 35 40 home runs throughout his career Brandon's going to win you maybe a couple golden gloves you know what I mean so it's like it can yeah. be they could both have great careers but I just think they're going to be doing it different ways um so but yeah with you know you think the offense I mentioned earlier offense is doing good without Trout and Rendon and Upton now you get those guys back that offense is maybe going to take the next step so that bat in right field which I think that's where they're going to put um Marsh wants Trout and Upton come back as right field is not as important. You're, you're more worried now about coverage in the outfield and being able to, um, for anyone that hasn't seen Brandon throw the ball, he has a gun. He can throw out guys trying to, you know, go from first to third or trying to get doubles and stuff like that. So he's going to help that way. So I think for what the Angels need right now, he has passed Joe. But for whatever reason, if the offense goes into the crappers and they can't produce any runs. They can't produce any power. And then Joe's going to be more of a commodity because yeah. of that. So um, 
I think Joe does come up at some point this year. I just, man, you know, they were, they would have to like DFA, you know, if, if um, Eaton doesn't work out, continues to struggle like he did in Chicago, maybe they DFA, DFA him, bring Joe up. Um, Ligaris, you know, maybe you've seen enough from him. Maybe, maybe he's one of those guys. Maybe Ligaris has shown enough to where at the trade deadline you can dump him for a team and get like a third, fourth tier prospect, a long shot. But mm-hmm. at least you're just trying to free up space for Joe. And you, you have this long shot that, well, you know what? Maybe it works. Maybe not. If not, we're going to DFA Lagarde anyways, and there's no harm no harm done. So um, there's plenty of moves they can make. But yeah, the the with Joe <laughs> being hopped over by Brandon kind of uh, shakes it up a little bit. Oops, wrong one. Um, from underscore Greg. Again, this is all Instagram. Um what is the outfield going to look like when Trout and Jay up come back? And I kind of mentioned that a little bit. Yeah, he talks about it. We're going to put, we got to put Brandon, Brandon and right. I mean, he has a Calhoun thing going on with, with off defensively. Um, yeah, there's not as much space to cover in right field because of the wall and the dimensions. But at the same time, if you put Upton in right field, he doesn't have an arm to throw out guys going from first to third. Yeah. You can do that on him all day. Where if you put Brandon out there, it's going to make these guys think twice about going uh, first to third or second to home because he has the arm to get uh, the ball there. So obviously Brandon goes, Brandon goes to right trout stays in center. And then Jayup goes to left. That seems like a pretty easy fit for everybody. Um, and max underscore Johnson underscore 25 Marsh and left trout and center. And hopefully Adele um, is good enough and right. How that look? I think that's something you'll see next year. Yeah, that's the Angels outfield of the future. future but sure. again, switch, I think that's always switch. Been, yeah. I, I would switch again. I would put Brandon in right, longer throw to third base, mm-hmm. and he has a better arm than Joe. Um, you, that's why you put kind of like your not worst. I want to say worst defender in left, but maybe the guy that doesn't have the best arm because it's the less less of a throw. To third base. And then, yeah, you, I mean, I think you hit it right there. Like, when we brought Joe up originally, you put him right. Yeah. And if you – Well, because Upton doesn't have an arm. And you've also – if you've taken a, a ball in right field, you're going to get the ball to kind of tail. It tails away. It goes towards right field. Right. You hit the ball. So it's, it's a harder position to play. And in left field, you're only going to get the tail off a of, you know, left-handed batter. Right. So in which it, there are obviously less of them. So I, I think it's an easier position for um, Joe it, to play. Yeah. A guy and, that struggles and, defensively. Yeah, yeah. Struggled and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah. But that's definitely the outfield of the future. It's something that's I mean, on the Angels' sites. Like, could, how could you not want that? You, you can know? see it as early as next year. Like we saw what they did with with Albert DFAing him this year. There's no reason in my head now that Perry kind of already set the precedent for it. And again, already loved Albert. And if and if already if you're was, willing to do that, you can do that with up to why not? next year. Forget it. Again, his last year yeah. not owed nearly as much as uh, you're not talking a Hall of Famer, right? And you're not talking about as much money either. Fan favorite Hall of Famer, all right? Like that right? So if it happens again. Next year, like Albert struggles, 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 or uh, Upton struggles, boom, there's yeah. it. And then now you have, again, Marsh and right, Trout and center, Joe and left. And now you are set. Health, you know, obviously health being the biggest issue. You are set for now until – Like 15 years. Right, because even then, okay, after a certain point, Trout slows down, boom, yeah. move him to yeah. move him to right, move yeah. Marsh to center, yeah. or however you want to arrange those three. But that's going to be the three And then you also think about this is the reason why they've hung on to these guys. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I am positive that Perry Manassian – Epler, they got calls for Marsh. They got calls for Adele. They got calls. Oh, I, I don't, I don't doubt it. At I all. don't know what the deals were. I don't know what the call was about. But they held on to them at yeah. the end of the day because they they see that this being the outfield of the future. So I, you, you know, and it could happen sooner. It could happen. Um, it could happen by next year. Well, I mean, it could happen. I was saying it could be happy, happen this year. I mean, again, like if say if Ford Upton has a setback. Or something, or it comes out just struggling. Yeah. Why not? Turf toe. Turf toe. Um, yeah, so it can happen sooner. Like, I, I, if, you, if I had to put money on it, I don't think Joe necessarily gets called up until maybe September now because of Brandon. 
but I wouldn't be surprised if he's still up well, at some Brandon's point. Brandon's already here, so yeah. why not? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what do you have to lose? Exactly. Um, here's, here's the last one. Drew underscore 2717. Um, do you see the Angels making the postseason? Because I don't. That's, a, that's a quote. So, uh, Chris, I'll ask you first. Do you see the Angels making the postseason? <laughs> at the All-Star break? I said yes. With the all-star break, there was a chance. And we only came out. We've had two series since, but I not good at series though. I think again, I, that's that's the thing, is like you drop- you cannot win your own division. You cannot beat the people in your own division. You're never going to win your division. Or let alone grab that wild card. Mm-hmm. So I would hate to say it, but I would say no. Yeah, um, I asked Rhett Bollinger this question on the last podcast. I said, give it percentage-wise. He said 10 to 20%, and that's before getting swept by Oak in the last two days. So I'm going to ask you the same question. If you had to put a percentage on it as far as the Angels making the playoffs, whether it be the uh, division or wild card or whatever, what what percentage would you give them? 10%. 10%. I think that's kind of the common. Can you give me that uh, little – so? So you're saying we have a chance? I have to upload that Do one. Do you have that? Time. You don't have it? I have to upload it. Ah, yeah, come on, man. I Where are you at? I know. I should have known that there was going to be a chance. Guess come what? On. There's going to be a slimmer, slimmer chance. So in, like in two weeks. So, so, you, so you have it. So I'll have it then. Okay, exactly. Cool. So just for people to know, as we stand right now, again, off day on Wednesday, Angels are 11 games back of the division. And for that second wild card spot, they are seven and a half. And I guess big part of it, too, would be um, looking at the upcoming schedule. There are... 68 games left, if I did my math right, uh, for the season with the Angels. 44 of them are against teams above 500. (laughs) So that includes 10 against Houston, 3 against LA, and 7 versus Oakland. So you're talking about 17 games total versus uh, Houston and Oakland. And then I think there's three more. or No, actually, I think there's six more against Seattle. So I guess on the bright side is that if they do get hot and they do a- are able all of a sudden to flip the switch and beat AOS teams, there are enough games there to make some ground. make up a serious yeah. run. There is absolutely enough games to make a serious run. But you just have to say, I guess you're going to have to convince me that this first half was like a facade and the bullpen was never really that bad. And they're going to all of a sudden flip it over and now beat all the AL West teams. Because that's honestly with 10 games against Houston, you're going to need to win at least like eight of them. Seven games against against Oakland, you're probably going to need to win six of them. Yeah. You know? So, I, I again, 10% I think is reasonable. But, yeah, again, 44 games out of the remaining 68 games are against teams above 500. So, we'll see what happens. Again, they have Minnesota, who is a bad team. Then they have Colorado. Back at Angel Stadium on Monday, another bad team. I guess my biggest fear is that they do well against those two teams, and it's kind of like, like I said this before, it's like kind of like fool's gold where, ooh, it looks pretty, but it's still not – no substance behind it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm a – you know, as an Angels fan, you get super excited. Yeah, all right, we want like, – Oh, we're back six, in the – Six out of ten, and then look who they played. We're like, okay, back that doesn't matter. saddle again, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Gene Autry reference. But there you're you like, go. And then you get – then you just get let down and let down. It's like a roller coaster, man. And not a good one. It's a terrible roller coaster. A terrible roller coaster. puke at the end. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, you gotta take you gotta take the games from them, but um, you're you're gonna have the opportunity. It's just again, and then if you look at, I mean, you look at teams recently, like the Nationals when they won a few years back, they had a dismal but that was like first, the first that was like but that wasn't the first that was like the first like three months yeah. but they but at the all-star break you already saw them gaining they ground but you're not seeing that by the with the angels yet no and that's the thing is like they had so far to go the nationals did but they started it like right before the all-star yeah. break because they had needed they literally needed all that time to catch up with the angels you're just not seeing it you're not seeing it again if the bullpen was meh okay average then yeah i can see like get two guys and maybe that solidifies it man that bullpen needs more than two guys right now this is triple a bullpen and, and honestly and besides again like i said besides Rizel, <laughs> maybe that's that's legit no yeah. i think that's a legit thing where some of these guys are, you know um are triple a kind of status right now and then you look at the triple a guys it's hard to judge because 
that that league just the ball flies. It's like every, it's like every game is played in a mile high. That's how bad the ball flies in that uh, whole league. So, um, but yeah, so we're gonna see what happens next podcast Sunday night after the Minnesota series. Hopefully, we'll have some good news. Hopefully, um, who knows? Maybe some trades will be happening, whether it be Angels related or just baseball related, because it's gonna be. Like a domino effect. I feel like once the first big trade or, or big movement happens, then that's going to kind of set the board for everybody else. And maybe then we can start seeing more and more movement. So we'll see what happens. Sunday is going to be exactly a week from the uh, from the trade trade deadline. So who knows? It could be a totally different team um, <laughs> in a couple of weeks. But it's too kind of too soon to tell right now. But yeah. keep an eye out. Um We'll post stuff we deem, I guess, necessary or some of that big news. So make sure you follow us at Halo underscore Haven uh, on Twitter and on Instagram. Obviously, if you're watching the live stream right now, we're on Twitter. We're on Facebook, um, YouTube. Check out YouTube. Some of the pages or some of the videos on there. My trip to Seattle. Um, obviously, any past podcast where we filmed it also is going to be up on there. Um, looking to do an interview uh Hopefully soon with uh, Brandon Marsh's mom to kind of get her perspective on. Dude, we're doing interviews with moms. I don't know why, dude. We're who's doing that? I don't know why, but moms DM us a lot and like, oh, we love moms. Moms are great because they're like they'll, they'll they like to tell the story of them, like you know, like progressing and they're right like, them as a child and. Well, it's funny though too because they will post something. They're like, oh, thank you for posting something. Dude, about that, my son yeah, or, it's super cool. Yeah, so. I'm, so. I'm very proud of, you know, all that relationship. Stuff, so. so with moms and exclusive interviews with prospects, Daniel's always one to reach out to, uh, you know, a number one prospect. I try to like least. Sam Bachman. Like, I'm pretty sure we'll get him on uh, the podcast. We need to get him more active on social media yeah. first. <laughs> he's, he's not active. Not active. <laughs> he's there. He's just not as active. Dude, what kind of millennial is this? He's an old, old soul. Yeah. So here. I'm Look pretty sure here. Daniel will reach out to him, get him on the podcast, just like Reed Detmers. Uh, we have a long line of number one prospects that have been on the podcast, which is pretty impressive. Looking forward to more of these guys coming on as yeah. you know, some of these draft picks uh, sign and Bachman again signed today. Um, I think the Angels signed like four guys already, five guys out yeah. of the 20. So um, obviously going the right way with that. But again, that's going to wrap it up for this podcast. Again, you can follow us anywhere on social media, Halo underscore Haven, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Halo Haven's fan page. Anywhere you get podcasts. Any, and then download this podcast anywhere you get podcasts. All that good stuff. All that jazz. Um, but that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the All Angels Podcast. I am Dan Garcia. I'm the curator. And you've listened to another edition of the All Angels Podcast. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And... Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. 
I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com.